Hey, welcome to the Gentleman's Four podcast, aka You Only Live Dice, featuring <laughs> the man with the plan himself, Chris McLennan. Say hello, Chris. Hello. Featuring the man of the hour, so glad he could make it, Mike Woods. Hi. Pluralised. <laughs> There's two of me today. And myself, Richard Sims, no subtitle needed. <laughs> that was a very sort of, well, just awful radio voice. Hello and welcome. Hello and welcome to the Gentleman's Four podcast we do like featuring that? smooth Chris McLennan, jazzy Mike Woods, <laughs> yeah. and Clam on bass. <laughs> Clam! <laughs> yeah. Board games! <laughs> what are we up to? Should we talk about Cyclades? I like Cyclades. We played Cyclades. We did. Uh, yeah, Cyclades is a, it's a war game. Light war game, really, but uh, with you know, uh, sort of civilization building aspects thrown in, but like really mm. simplified. There's only sort of four types of buildings. That's the second <laughs> time in a row. Oh, uh, <laughs> is this going to be a feature? Let's see what it is today. Hello, Hello Richard Sims. I'm not near the internet at the moment, mate, but like later on, yeah. Right. Uh, Right, that's the second week in a row that I haven't forgot. I no. like the term near the internet. Think <laughs> <laughs> like it's just this sort of orb. Right. Right. Cyclades is a light war game uh, with sort of minor civilization aspect, uh, civilization building aspects put in. Uh, the aim of the game is to build two cities on the islands you control. Um, and you can do this either by building a lot of different types of buildings or... Uh, getting these philosopher cards, or by warring and stealing them off other people. But I, 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 I like it. I like it for two reasons. Um, actually, probably more. Um, well, <laughs> I'm going to say two now. No, well, I, I a lot, a lot, a lot of the games we talk about, we talk about after I've only played twice, and I seem to have a habit of winning games on the first time out. And I, I do tend to feel favourably disposed towards games that I win because I'm stupidly competitive and love to win. But regards of that. Um, I said in the last outing when we talked about King of Tokyo, the last outing, the last podcast, whatever, that I like games which which aren't just like horrendously dry and you know with no character. I like games that have a bit of you know characterism and a bit of colour and nicety. Yeah. Mm. Um, which Cyclades? Which Cyclades well, does. it's the reason I bought it in the first place. I had no idea what it was. What I, nice I, I I saw it and I looked at the back of the box and saw that it's got this nice circular board and like mm. all these all these miniatures. And the different and the miniatures for each army, even though the armies are technically the same mechanically, are different for every single. Yeah, one. I liked one. that. I, I liked yeah. that. Yeah, each army has yeah, different like models. Yeah, the, the blue ones are like uh, Amazons and uh, some of them Spartans, some of them Romans. And so oh, right, I didn't yeah. notice that. So it's doing, why are Amazons and Romans like? It's just to, to what, Greek gods. I would suggest uh, they ran out of uh, useful mythical beings and started fitting others in. That aren't particularly. Well, the Romans is pretty much like Nick. It's like it's got the Kraken. It's got the Kraken. That's not a Greek thing. That's a. Like, what is it from? Uh, Norway, isn't it? Kraken. I don't know. I think it, yeah. I think it's a sort of Scandinavian thing. The Kraken. Hmm. Comes from the deep and swallow ships, which I did very <laughs> successfully. But um, I don't think any of the beasts technically have a name. They're all just a picture. Yeah, they have a name. Mm-hmm. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. Not the cards. Yeah, well, there's no <laughs> getting to that. There's no, there's no words anywhere on any of the cards. We'll do a, we'll put a little video with oh, this to demonstrate. Yes, we shall, we shall. Next time, but yeah, next next time, folks. Uh, no, I was going to my second reason why I like it. Um, also, I, I I like that it's kind of got a social element in that you're kind of banking on what other people are going to bet for certain things and trying to work out their tactics yeah, and dissuade them from doing so. But it's not based on random chance because I don't generally like too much random chance in games yeah what's really nice is that unlike your sort of standard war game where you've just got a certain amount of sort of actions you can take on a turn uh the turns are dictated by a bid system which uh you have your four uh different gods uh you've got Ares, god of war poseidon god of the sea Zeus, who's king of the gods, and Athena, what's her deal? She just, um, she just builds a temple and does pretty much nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no, what's her deal? You philosophers. But yeah, they, and uh, your turn is dictated by uh, an auction at the start of each round. Um, and if you outbid another player, they have to go and bid on a different god before they can outbid you again. 
and it winds up that no two players can be taking the same kind of turn at once. So if one person is taking the war turn, that's the only person who's going to be doing any attacking that turn. So, yeah, it's quite rounded in in its mechanics. Mm. Uh, you don't you don't find yourself doing the same thing every turn ever. Uh, you've got to just try and make stuff work for you. Mm. And also having two separate attacking offensive things. Uh, so having Poseidon as well as Ares means you've effectively got to take two turns to take other islands. Yes. But, you... So while someone's attacking you, you can also just cut off their naval supplies. Yeah, and... ships can't attack. They act sort of like in diplomacy as just a bridge to other well, islands. Ships can attack other ships. Ships yeah. can attack other ships, but they can't attack... You, they can't gain you any, well, much no. in the way of resources. Well, no, they, just can, park, the they can park on the horns. They can park yeah. on the horns. Which is always good. Yeah. But yeah, there's just so many different things to think about, but none of them so convoluted... The, I mean, you can you can pick it up in the first game, yeah, and easily. quite happily, you know. Chris, if, if if I can win a game, then you can pick it up in the first game because I well, can. I don't know, but you're different from other people because when people try and explain rules, when people try and explain <laughs> rules to you, your eyes sort of glaze over and you just start dribbling <laughs> and, and you know <laughs> weeping, and then you play two turns and then you beat everyone. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know why I invite you. <laughs> It's frustrating to try and explain a game to you, and then I lose. I, don't, I gain nothing from the experience. But I, I can't. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense when it's written down, especially Cyclades. Yeah, it, uh, <laughs> it has Cyclades has. It's gone a long way to try and be uh, not language dependent. Um, you know, you know, so, how you, you know, you can get around that. Just write down lots of languages. Well, the rule book I got and thought, oh, this is going to be complicated. It's really thick, but actually, the rules are like seven pages, and it's just in there in about eight languages. Uh, but nothing in the game at all has words on it. It just has these cryptic, cryptic hieroglyphics, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just. I mean, I presume once you know what all the things do then they probably act as a perfectly good reminder by the end of the first game and looking at them I could kind of work out what they were going for but then none of the actions were so complex that they couldn't have just written it down in fairly small but still legible text yeah but they, yeah, but they, they want to release this because every single bit of rules was translated so like they clearly got one copy of the game that they yeah it saves a lot of money which is probably why they can afford to have all the nice little miniatures and yeah right. Would like you that. rather have nice miniatures or rules on a card? I really don't care about nice miniatures, to be honest. No, seems like cubes. I like cubes. I t- they're, they're sturdy and I can't break them by treading on them. Also, you can stack them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that's good. That's yeah. good of anything. Stacking. The other aspect of Cyclades is that uh, there's a constantly cycling deck of mythical creatures that are sort of your wild cards in the game. So, mm-hmm. like, you, even if you haven't taken... The, the kind of turn you wanted to, there may be a creature that can help you out. Like Pegasus mm. can let you transport troops over to another island really directly. Uh, the Kraken, just, you know, if you've got a lot of gold, you can just pay for him to cart around the board, munching up ships. I like the concept of just, like, standing on land, just chucking coins yeah, to just, the Kraken. Just, just, like, just sort of, there, the Kraken's in the ocean, you're just sailing along in a boat, just flinging him a coin. One <laughs> of his massive tentacles just extended after <laughs> yeah, my hand yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it eats a boat and then just... Extends a tentacle and cough it up, mate. Cough it up, mate. <laughs> and then and that's someone's job. Yeah. So you you've got to be the Kraken boat guy. For something that I bought just because it was pretty and it was a nice thing I wanted to have, and I thought you know be damned if it's not actually very good. It, I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised because it's it's kind of that perfect line between sort of Ameritrash, just sort of loads of nice bits and pieces and a load of thrown together mechanics and a Euro game where it's, mm. you know. I love, I, love, I, love, I love being the voice of the layman on this podcast already. Do you know what, 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 I don't really know what a Meritash or a Euro game is. Right, a uh, Euro game is about castles in France. It's about castles in France. <laughs> no, a Euro game has very sort of uh, carefully, mathematically honed mechanics. It tends to be kind of very solitary experience rather than a screw other people over type like of game. Like the main. Uh, yeah, Eminent Domain, I would say, is more towards the Euro side. Right, out of what I've played, what is the... Carcassonne and Settlers, settlers are Euro settlers games. Right. 
Star Trek fleet captains. That's the ultimate Ameritrash. Right. Uh, an Arkham but horror. It's a katana you can kind of screw with people. Can, you can, can't you build roads? Yes, but it's, it's, not, it's not like war. It's about having, it's... you know, not having sort of super nice components. They, anything you can do to another person tends to be you take something before they can, rather right. than... There no, doesn't tend to be any direct attack. Right, yeah. I think we need a name for this com- combination of you This Venn diagram yeah. crossover. A, Good. NATO, a NATO game. <laughs> a NATO game. I don't know, I just... I, I consider them uh, good games. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but surely there can be good games. There are, America, there are good games. In, but like, I mean, I say, I really yeah. enjoy Fleet Captains, but I appreciate it's not a particularly it's, it's, it's great hor- game. It's horribly balanced. And yeah. You like and it for I, different reasons. And I like Carcassonne, but I would much prefer something with a bit more, you know, theme and, uh, you know, just... I, yeah. I, I like all the pomp and circumstance of having 400 million tokens and loads of miniatures. That's why, again, <laughs> that's why I bought, I bought Descent and uh, I just bought it because it's just that's a lot of nice stuff in a box. We'll see how this goes. I just like Star Trek Fleet Captains until I can go into a segment and inject the warp core. <laughs> that's what's important in a game. So yeah, yeah, if you, yeah, like yeah, publishers just bear in mind that there is an entire area of the population who just want to eject the warp core. And uh, if you build a game called Eject the Warp Core, <laughs> they probably buy it. Who can sick, eject sick, the warp sick, core? Sick that these are a really good game, but it would still be better with ejecting the warp core. Yeah, if you're gonna, what was that? Just like throwing your oars out. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, but yeah, with the with the uh, <laughs> with the mixture, well, with the Ameritrash and um, Euro games, you are now seeing a lot of games like Cyclades that are trying to incorporate the best bits of both. And so I, I really do think that it's the way that's forward. been a good way forward. It's not it's not dry and it's not too wet. Fanciful. You, you don't it's, open it's it and nice, sigh like yeah. oh, more wooden cubes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but then it's also not roll the dice, move along. It's like it's yeah. Yeah, it's there's good. there's uh, we're getting far more to this sort of amalgamous sort of mm. area. And I like bidding. Mechanics. I like yeah, so do bidding. I, I think it's a really good judging of who you're playing with. Yeah, and, and, and it's not randomised. Yeah, yeah, like. yeah, it's 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 close enough to a random thing to be exciting mm-hmm. every game, and nothing's going to pan out the same way each time. And obviously, like we talked about with Dixit, as you learn to uh, see how someone you know plays, mm. they have to adjust. So once it's based on actual interaction, the game. Kind of stays fresh, even though you can be playing with the same people and you know looking out for the same things. But it's also not random, so random that it just you know makes the game complete chaos and you feel like you've got no control. It's not like Arkham Horror where it's basically just do a load of stuff and see if you win uh, arbitrarily. It's you know you still feel like you've got direct control and there's some pleasure to just screw to just screwing with people on that level. It's just mm. like. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do this turn, but I know you want to go to war, so, <laughs> so yeah, $400 and, on, on, on Ares. Yeah, definitely screwing over the winner. It's one of those games. But yeah. Blue tortoiseshell <laughs> style games. Lightning bolt. Is that exactly yeah. like... <laughs> Lightning bolt just as about you're, just as about you're going to go to... Ugh, lightning bolt just as you're about to go over the jump on Mario Stadium. Yeah, yeah. You have to do the whole thing again. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that type of tactic, just the blue tortoiseshell tactic, I do like that. There oh, is no I... blue tortoiseshell tactic. You just get a blue tortoiseshell and you fire yeah, that's it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yes. Are we going right, to categorise all games into Mario Kart weapons? I, no. Well, you could say something like, "I'm painting this tortoiseshell blue," and then you're like, "That's that's the metaphor for going for the leader." No, this is getting too convoluted. <laughs> I could, you could just say, "I'm going for the leader." Yeah. Yeah. Or or you could just say, yeah, "I've got a blue tortoiseshell." Say it how it is. Say it how it is. See what you say. Say what you see. It's good, but it's not the one we're looking for. Yeah. Mr. Chips. Mr. Chips. <laughs> Chips are down. <laughs> Why? It's taken 15 minutes for it just to be gibberish. It's because he's got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, uh, Cyclades, then. What do we think? Let's uh, uh, do the, the verdict. I think it's good. It's wonderful. It, it's it gets really 7.1 out of 7.7 thumbs up. I thought you were going to just give it yeah, seven, yeah, seven thumbs up. I'm going to need a hat. Yeah, I would like to play it both three and five players. Yes, I would like see to how see, that works. See how Two player, not so much. Four was very enjoyable. Yeah, you see, I'd with like four, I quite like one of the complaints I've seen a lot of is that because with any fewer than five players, one of the gods is missing from the game at any mm. one time. 
they, mm-hmm. they don't like that random aspect but I mean I just interpreted it as the one that's out you put back in the next round guaranteed so mm-hmm. it's never out for more than one turn and that seems to level it out whereas obviously with five players you've oh, got all that... the gods all the time oh, I thought that was just a house wait hold on I th- wait so if no, you play with five players mind. do you play with all four gods and then yeah, Apollo as they well are, they're always there oh right you play with one, few, one fewer mm-hmm. than the proper players gods there are right, the but yeah, I, I. And is Apollo always there? Apollo's yeah. always there. Right. Apollo, Apollo is basically your rubbish god. Yeah, you're making yourself better. If you can't, if you can't outbid anyone, you wind up as Apollo, and. You know, Apollo's basically a permanent passive buff. It means you can't do anything on that turn. Mm. But he costs nothing. You you get money back. So if you have just in one go splurged all of your coins on just the biggest army. Then you know next turn that you can and actually, at least not make things any worse. And actually, Coleman got you know pretty much level pegging with us by just picking Apollo every single time. Yeah, because well, Apollo is how you get your islands to be worth more resources, and so it's yeah, you well, know it's quite nicely balanced in that sense. Like that, it again self balancing. Like a player who's losing will get back into the game. It's yeah. not like accepting the two players. Well, no, he only kind of got back into the game once you guys spent about three turns trying to screw me. Yeah, you but we had to. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. So that's. And then, but then he blew all his cash screw me in one turn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and, but, yeah. and very funny it was. That's that. That's the thing about um, like uh, some games as well is that you they're really good for a certain amount of players. But if you maybe you've got like a group set up where you know you've got four or five players who play there every Wednesday, in which case you know so games would be good for you. But I know I think most people they just have some friends who play board games, and it can be very sort of time dependent over who who you know who's around mm. to play at one time so a game that can be great for like four people can be pretty rubbish for like three or two or yeah it's hard to like when we have because we don't have a set game night and there's not certain people turning up so it's i have to bring so many games just in case there's you know just dependent on whether there happens to be two people we should set up a game yeah. night that's what i was saying yeah but we don't have a constant night to do it yeah but that's right we should set one up yeah but like yeah, we won't have there, one that's... like if we do a game... Then you can't come. If we did a game thing. <laughs> it's just going to be you playing something solo. Solitaire. Yeah. Pandemic has a solo variant, doesn't it? Oh. Uh, well, you could just play the game. <laughs> just being four characters. Yeah, yeah I suppose. But so there you go. You can sit at home playing I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what I have, Markham, I'll tell you what I have learned, learned about solo games. Minesweeper, right? Yeah. Now, you plug in if you plug in either a PlayStation 3 or an Xbox 360 controller to your PC while you're playing Minesweeper, then you hit a mine, the controller rumbles. So Minesweeper has Minesweeper has force feedback, <laughs> yes. which I love. I try you've heard it here first. <laughs> I try it on my steering wheel as well, and if I hit a mine, the steering wheel goes <laughs> all over the place. How know. do you play Minesweeper with a steering wheel? Well, no, you just have to have it plugged in. Right, so you just sort of you play with your your, your mouse like normal. You just hold the steering wheel with the other hand. Right, you don't. You, you don't need to hold it. You just watch you just it. You just watch it go wild. I was just amused. I was. Re- I was just really amused that you, you. You can actually play with the Xbox controller, although it's not as user friendly because mice are just better than than, yeah. than console controllers. <laughs> PC elitism. And, uh, and that that's one. That's one. That's you had your. That's your quota for the week. Oh, <laughs> my quota for the week. We do this every fortnight, so I've got one more. <laughs> I've been a fool. <laughs> Okay. Like console games. Uh. Uh, there's, your one for, there's your one for the week. Yeah. One, no, I don't one. actually believe that. I, I like console <laughs> games. Okay. Let's talk, let's talk about something else. Talking well, of boats. Talking of boats, let's talk about the pirate game. Oh, God. Uh, liber, what was it? Libera, libertalia. 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 And it kind of kind of segues from Sickle of These in that it's not really a bidding mechanic, but it sort of is, in that you, you're... In in Sick of these, for example, you never know exactly what the other players are going to bid before mm. they kind of done it. Well, and give the premise. Give the premise. Okay, the, the premise is you're on a boat, just like the Lonely Island song, and it's as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> you're on a boat, and don't you ever forget. Um, big blue watery road. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Pirates. Um, Libertalia is a pirate game, pirate card game, uh, in which uh, you're each player is a different crew of pirates, all attacking the same boat. Uh, and everybody has a an identical hand of character cards. Uh, Wait, is that the concept? You're attacking the boat? Yeah, you're attacking the same boat. Oh, I just thought you were on a pirate ship. They've got some pretty crappy ideas for attacking boats. What, they're going to use the cook and the monkey? Yeah, use everyone. And the governor's daughter? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. And the cabin boy that doesn't get any treasure. You'll see Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. The governor's daughter, you know, becomes like pirate queen. Yeah, like at the end. Maybe it's set at the end. <laughs> it's the sequel. <laughs> the okay. trilogy. Whatever. Wait, yeah, everybody she... has an identical hand of character cards and it's... Uh, yeah, it's... You each play a card into the middle every turn and it's just about who you sort of uses these special powers of all these characters the best. It's mm-hmm. not... So there's some of them are really shit and some of them are really powerful, uh, but it doesn't matter because you know that the other player has... It doesn't, you, you doesn't all, unbalance it because the other player has got the same you all You all get drawn a hand of nine, essentially. And, um, so you, and you all have the same hand. So you know what the other player has, um, and you use usually six um, by the end of by, by the end. end of one like round. turn round, yeah. and there's three rounds in a game, and so the three which you haven't used, you stay in your hand. So it's a lot about working out what each player has and hasn't used, and trying to keep it in your head, yeah, which Mike is going to become incredibly good at because you're some crazy Rain yeah, Man yeah, card yeah. counting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just about remembering what people have got. Yeah, yeah. that's all I ever do. <laughs> if that isn't the main premise of the game. But I did screw the game up on my first go. Yeah, yeah but I think I mean because because there is one horrendously. I, I don't. I suppose it's not overpowered, but I just think it's but that's what I mean. It's, it's it's really powerful, but as I say, as everyone's got the same hand, it's just about. But about when so he, well, on, what annoys many, me isn't its power. It's, it's that it's impossible to stop. Yeah, I guess so. So how many? There's thirty cards there's in 30 the deck. There's thirty cards deck, and, and there's so six in, identical decks. Bar a few sort of tiebreaker. Yeah. Uh, so in one game, you're going to get through 21 cards. 21 cards. So there's nine. There's nine we haven't seen. So roughly speaking, two thirds of the time, you're going to get the Witch Doctor card. I yeah, guess. About that. that does seem a bit. Yeah, the Witch Doctor basically, you get gold, which translates pretty much directly to points uh, from every character that you've discarded in the game. So. Uh, it's what I call a levy breaks card in that as soon as one person's played it, no other player can afford to finish the game without having... I wouldn't even call it that power. because you're dumb if you don't play it. Mm. Ah, but you can, you know, there must be there must be ways for it to... If you haven't, play, if you haven't played it by the last, last turn, you're an idiot, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess it forces you. And, and if you play it in the first round, you are an idiot as well, Mike. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Mike played it almost straight away and got like six. Well, I thought, uh, yeah, never mind. Whereas, are you sure? Whereas, me and Chris played it at the end and got what, like ninety billion gold. Yeah, approximately. I'm not very good at you know Between remembering them. figures, but I would say it was about ninety billion gold. Yep. So it's two gold for each discarded card. So we discarded forty-five billion cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds yeah. It sounds right. It's a long game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we started yesterday. It's not a long game. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> I was like, Thanks for clearing that. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it is. It is quite simple once you know everything. But there is <laughs> once you know everything. There is quite a lot of phases and rounds and stuff, and they have to get all of the information for what happens to every card on every card, and so that can be a bit overwhelming when you just look at it the first time and you have to. You said understand that. Understand everything. I, I don't really, I I don't really agree with that. I think there's one ambiguous one. Which is that? The creature. Because it says discard all booty takers but one. But it doesn't say whether they mean from your den or... I think that means your the den. Ship. Well, the flavour suggests to me it means your den because it's like your possessions are a burden or whatever. So oh, I, I guess... And we didn't even question it before but I was just thinking about it before we played today. It's like... Does that mean... Yeah, does that mean what we've been playing it as? But I, I assume it does. I, yeah. I, th- that one now you say it, that seems a bit more ambiguous, but it's, it didn't seem ambiguous to me, and that does seem the most common sense way yeah. to go. So. Well, it's uh, kind of the opposite situation to we got in with King of Tokyo and the armor, where mm-hmm. we've called a problem, but literally no one else has even. I, I can't find any question about it anywhere. No one, no one even thought that might be ambiguous. Maybe we're the idiots. <laughs> Maybe we're the idiots. Yeah, definitely. But no, I really enjoy Libertalia. I like because every turn you feel like you really do have to think and get into the mindset of everyone else. Like, uh, mm. There's a, occasionally a turn where it's like, well, I just need to get rid of this piece yeah. of shit card because otherwise it's going to come back. Yeah, pretty, pretty, much, pretty much every turn matters. There, there are very occasional turns you're like, right, I want to keep these and this is the only one I don't want to keep so I'm just going to get rid of but it. But even then, that's still a perfectly viable tactical decision. Like, mm. Yeah, so a lot of cards depend on which ones you've got in your den. So in other words, which ones you've already played. And so sometimes it's useful to get rid of all your wank just so you 
you've got a good den. And yeah, then that yeah it's, it's, just, it's almost like minor deck building towards the end. It's like you really want to... Mm. But what I like is you're playing from I, the very... I, unlike a deck building game, you're playing from the very start in Libertalia. It's not like trying to build an engine. It's just like, right, this I, is what we've got. What are they going to do? What am I going to... Yeah, like just a, just a quick plug here. Um, the, the ITV drama series Hornblower was very good if you like ships. <laughs> <laughs> Which you do. I, I do. I mean, you're in a band who half the songs are about ships, really. Well, yeah. It's really ship punk. Yeah. Anyway, talking of the action starting straight away and the suspense yeah. of a first turn. Ah, you want to talk about action and suspense dies straight uh, away. You need to check out The Sopranos on channel. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to say, because of that, because there's this tension straight away, I felt the tension didn't ramp up in any way. It was always just fairly solid, consistent. The three weeks all feel very similar. I it tends to feel towards the end. The tension, but it depends, I guess, how close it is. Like, I, think the t- yeah. I think the tension for you was... Dropped massively just because <laughs> you couldn't. I couldn't regain. You couldn't any. regain. Yeah, no, because yeah. I think it, I think it does ramp up, really. Because uh, every game we played has been relatively you've only close. One, but has been yeah. Close. Apart from the first one. But even then, it wasn't like a. It was a turn here and there that went wrong for someone, mm-hmm. rather than you. Like, I haven't played a game where I felt like anyone's got, you know, hilariously trounced. It's not like when we play Ticket to Ride and I wind up on like. <laughs> 12 because I haven't completed anything and Mike's got like 480 I'm never playing you on Ticket to Ride yay (laughs) I've become notorious is that a Euro game yeah yeah okay yeah (laughs) there's no castle so and it's in America yeah but it's about it's a it's it's, there's no uh, direct conflict and it's very very simple mechanically and very mathematical okay so 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 what's what are we what's it called Libertaria Libertaria is a NATO are we calling it a NATO game we call it a NATO game. Uh, yeah. I would call it a variation on a deck building, but oh well, it's sort of it's not even deck building; it's hand building. Yeah, but even it's, but even yeah. then, that aspect's minor. Like, I don't think it's deck building as so much. You don't select which no, cards you draw. It's not a deck building no, game. True. It's a drafting game at best. Like, yeah. But, okay. But even then, it's very minor because you're only keeping, you know, a third of your cards tops, and you're usually only keeping them, like because. Sometimes because you don't want to use them that round. That you sometimes keep them tactically because you want to use them next round. Sometimes you keep them just because they're the ones which didn't get used because they were rubbish for that round. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not like you're build really building up to your final hand because you're still always gonna you're still always gonna have more new cards in a round than you are old, old ones. Yeah. But no, true. I think I think it's good. I like and I think it actually works really well for the pirate theme. Like uh, most other mm. pirate games I've played, are basically trading games and it yeah this like, one's a bit more scrappy it's like yeah sure that's on a grander scale sort of thematically right but you don't feel piratey when you're playing them where it's mm. just like you need more dick moves in a pirate mm. game and Libertalia is all dick moves yeah. all the time but it's it's never, it's it's not really like you're going to war with the other, other opposition because they're effectively other pirates so it, it sometimes gets a bit stabby and a bit scrappy but it's fighting you, you it's are, fighting over a thing rather yeah, than yeah, fighting each other but it, it's, you don't care if they sort of live or die you just don't want them to get the treasure the you treasure, the treasure. Ah, it's pronounced treasure yeah. you want it for yourself and the blondes the blondes the blondes when have you ever heard like you, I can't remember where that's from it might be like um, it sounds like clamps in Futurama yeah. from, from the crazy crevices of what's your the, mind what's that one the Goonies or something where they've been like the blondes is it? I don't know. Is I that seen where the they find all the like? Have you seen the goodies? No, it's one of those. Nos- Did you have a childhood? Yeah, but it's just <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't part of it, and so now I know if I watch the Goonies, I'll just be like, that wasn't particularly good because it's clearly it's clearly it's a nostalgia film. It's like, yeah, it's like making people watch. Like, oh, you haven't seen Top Gun? You've got to watch Top Gun. It's like they oh, won't like it. Like oh, you won't. Oh, come li- on, you have to love Top Gun. You I've like never Top. Seen it. You like Top Gun. What? No, you like Top Gun if you watched Top Gun when you were twelve. <laughs> That's when you like Top Gun. If you didn't watch Top Gun when you were twelve, you watch it now and you go, "That was just an hour and a half." But Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer nearly kissing. I think. You, I think. Yeah. I think you have to watch Top Gun before your sexual awakening. So the homoerotic <laughs> references. Aren't so oh, just Gary, it's just an awesome film about fighting jets. Fighting planes. You ever see Iron Eagle? No. It's, like, it's like Top Gun, but rubbish and less gay though. 
<laughs> less gay, but also less good. Yeah. So, you know, depends really where your priorities lie. And they made about three of them, all of which were rubbish. <laughs> wicked trilogy. Yeah, it was a wicked trilogy. But yeah, on and on, I'm interested to see, like, how our play of Libertalia evolves. Like, uh, but, I, you know, I've been enjoying it a lot. Mm. Like, yeah. a few times we've played it, I think it's, I think it's really... No, yeah, just... it's just again, it's something that it's a it's a card game that isn't dry, which I think is probably quite a good segue yeah. to Eminent Domain, which is a card game that is dry. Very, yeah, very dry. Right, Eminent Domain. Is that what we should do? What should we do? Make more tea? No. Oh, yes, actually, make yeah. more tea. Oh, have a wee. Yeah. yeah, push the monitors there. Go. Mm. Now I'll finish this cake. Yeah, we've got the we've had. Mm. Tea and cake. We've got tea. Tea yeah. and cake. It was about three, so... Tea and cake time. It was about tea and cake time. We're British, by the way. <laughs> <We're>... <laughs> I don't imagine that as... Uh... Might, might have known from the accents, you know. But uh, just to confirm. <clears throat> so, British. Yes. Last thoughts on um, Libertalia, li- then? Libertalia. I reckoned it's good and the complexity is perfect for that sort of small quick game i mean it's not very quick it's not like a 10 minute one but for that sort of half an hour style game sort of comp uh, well sort of simple enough to pick up quite easily but complex enough that i genuinely wanted to play another game straight away afterwards I understanding it and we more. told you you couldn't told you, you yeah. couldn't because we had a podcast to do <laughs> yeah um well I, and I, I reckon it would work equally well with three to six players yeah like again Highly scalable, and also I missed a thing to say about Signalies is that it's really short for a war game. It's like an hour tops. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so Libertalia might get a bit chaotic with six. I think. Yeah. I think as long. But as then you... I think it's kind of fine. Yeah, I think it's fine. So um, Libertalia gets uh, thirteen thumbs up out of fourteen point five thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eight doubloons. Eight doubloons out of, out of a piece of eight. Out of a piece of eight. I don't know. Oh, eight of eight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it works. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what did it get for you, Chris? Oh, no, I'll see. I think it was good. I'm not giving you a number. <laughs> we need a number, Chris. It's not the prison. <laughs> Give me a number. <laughs> Don't hit the table. Right. We'll spill our tea and cakes. <laughs> spill a cake. I'll spill my cakes over that. Mm. So, yeah, Libertalia, card game, you know, full of theme, good times. Eminent mm. Domain, card game, really dry. Really dry. But, it, well, it's not, like, Average it's thematic enough, but it's just not. Do you, I, to, do you want to sum up Eminent Domain? I so you win. How, how, so, how can we sum up after we've, after we've talked about it for one? No, sentence? I mean sum up the uh, the summarize. Pre- like, you know, yeah, yeah summarise. Sims is summary. It's the premise. Sims is premise. Okay, basically, it's like a deck building game where you have to uh, build a load of cards to get points from getting planets and um, other points from a central pool. I'm not very good at this. You, you know, you're not. <laughs> um, you can get points in three ways. You can get points from planets that's the way that it mostly happens mm. you can get points for trading resources which happens a little bit right, and then you can get it. some points on some of the higher end research stuff that takes a lot of long lot of research to do yeah and, and you can pick up a few points just by playing cards which say take a point basically yeah. in, in its essence it's a simple civilization building game mm. um it's all cards but it's all cards yeah, yeah. and it's got a, i mean i think it's an interesting core mechanic in that it's yeah. unlike most deck building games where you are literally buying the cards from the middle mm. it's a passive system so it's it's got sort of role choosing mechanic similar to Twilight Imperium or Puerto Rico where you know you pick one of five things to do in the middle uh, colonize warfare survey research and trade slash slash produce, produce. um uh, but if you pick, if you choose the role, then that card's going into your deck. But everybody else gets the choice to follow. So it's <coughs> rather than purchasing a card, you are going to get a card each round from the middle. Mm. And it's about it's kind of trying to hit that balance between only leading the roles that you want to take into your deck, mm-hmm. and then following all the other roles that you're going to have to occasionally do. But you don't want to clog up your deck. Like survey. Um, yeah, so I, I my deck's always full of survey and colonized cards, which is just annoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, it sound to me when I first heard how the mechanic worked, I thought that was going to be really really good, but for some reason, 
I just didn't enjoy it at all. I didn't. I didn't. It hasn't grabbed me yet. It hasn't grabbed me yet either. But I do have this inkling that there's something that like it, it feels to me like one that's going to click. So I, I, I that's why I haven't reviewed it yet, just because I don't want to review it and then like in a couple of weeks we'll play it and just go oh. Oh, this is really good. Well, no, there's definitely a lot of depth there, but just like you said, it's really, really dry. Yeah. Yeah, like really getting the technologies, it doesn't ever make you feel like you've got this edge. Mm-hmm. It's just another card in your deck. Yeah, the technologies, at least the starting ones, well, no, are the, just the, the, only just the slightly better. Ones. Yeah. The, the, it's, the, that's, that's, but I mean, like, thematically, you don't feel like your civilization is like this type of thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. Which is, to me, the whole point of a of a civilization building game you like you want to grow really attached to it right? mm. look over your domain yeah your eminent domain yeah not much and yeah and not much really happens on any of the planets like you know you they've each got their resources and things that they can produce and they work a certain amount of points and some of them that you but there's no there's no like around, there's no real like cool specials that no, there's no, about it gets you and so there's no real character to to any of that Mm. Yeah, I've, I've never looked over my empire and thought, wow, this is substantively different from anyone else's, even when I have yeah, it's just a substantially different empire, as in maybe I'm yeah. saying I've got... There's three different types of planets, which are basically Mars, Saturn, and Earth. Yeah. Um, and, I'm, so, and they actually give you different sort of bonuses in that there's research cards, which are basically special abilities, which you can buy by playing the research cards. And um, you can only buy, um, for example... Well, the highest level research cards cost seven research, but you also need to have three of one of uh, the three different types of planets in your empire, being Mars, Saturn, or Earth. And even if I've got an empire that's like full of like fertile planets, another player's got full of Saturn planets or Mars planets. So I've never really felt that mine is substantially more lush and fertile and verdant. Than exactly. Mm. But yeah. I think a lot of that's also to do with the fact that, I mean, which planets you've got affect which research you can buy. You've got the research cards that you pay one of the costs on the on the research card and then they also require you to have a certain amount of a certain type of planet. Mm-hmm. But the earlier, the, the lower level technologies and all those things are, aren't very thematic. Like No, they're, they're, there's they're, no difference. They're all pretty much the same. Yeah. There's um, no difference to oh, no, specialising think, in I think, I think there is. The later is. ones, like, you know, the, metallic, the, the Mars type planet is very much you know, warfare based one. And uh, the, the the fertile ones about all the production and trade. Uh, no, I, I think I think I think there the is I think ones. there is some more difference on the early ones. Like I think like um, the fertile planets give you more sort of like you know uh, plus one colonize or you know settle another planet sort of research. And the, the technology ones are the ones like uh, draw a card and discard three cards. Yeah. Um, but I think I don't know. For me, I tend to find it difficult in a game to get to be really decisive about what I want to do unless there's sort of a thematic reason to back it up. Like, obviously, to get the high-level powers in Eminent Domain, you need a lot of a certain type of planet. And because I have no real... I feel no real attachment to any one thing. Like, I just don't get decisive. Like, I, if, if I go, right, to this game... Like, in certain games, I go, right, this game, I'm going to build, like, a massive trade empire and... Like that's how I'm going to play it and that's my plan for the game whereas I just don't feel the urge to do that in Eminent Domain and it's probably why I lose yeah, I, <laughs> I was going to say like I, I don't find it that problematic to do that I think like but you are ultimate power gamer yeah I am like, ultimate power gamer yeah, these are big numbers I'll take them I, 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 I basically just I basically just stack all the high research cards into my hands and just try mm-hmm. and just try and use loads of in every game if I can get passive buffs I get passive buffs I love passive buffs passive buffs good yeah yeah but um, it, it was tricky again as soon as you fall fall behind on the research front you, like there's no way that you're going to claw your way back well, unless you yeah I don't I don't really know you like there are certain tactics which can beat certain other tactics like because there's only because there's only a set number of like um, influence points in the supply and the game ends when they run over if you unveil like three planets really early and then just constantly produce and sell and produce and sell then you end the game quicker. then you end the game quicker yeah. before my research like um, the past Goliath the past yeah pay exactly like, yeah that's true I mean it's the same in most deck building games where you have the, the big money tactic mm. and it's just there's always something that can beat the big money tactic if it's a well designed game and I don't I don't know that yeah I don't know that it's a badly designed game I just don't it isn't a, it's a, it's a well designed game it's just so dry I just yeah I just don't 
they just don't enjoy it. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the main key cards as well, like they're just so sparse, it's just like the scam one is just a green disc and then that's it. Yeah, it and I, it I mean, I even think you could have had some variation in the roles as they go down. Like, I mean, not massively, but just so, okay, like this is the turn to go for that type of survey. Like, you know, it's going to be particularly fruitful this turn or particularly. Mm. To be honest, like, I, I do like the fact that if you've got a lot of the same kind of card in your deck, you add them to a an action to increase the efficacy of that action. So, like, no, no, you add them to a roll. Well, yeah, to a roll, even. So, yeah, that action is something else in the nomenclature. But, uh, yeah, I like that if you play the survey role, that would let you look at one planet. But if you add sort of four or five from your hand, you've then got the ultimate choice to pick the best planet for your system. Mm -hmm. And, it, like, that's a really nice mechanic and it does mean that if you've built your deck if you've built your deck well then having loads of the same card ceases to be as annoying it, as, mm. as you'd expect it to be it's like right this is what I want to do but, so but I, can just, I can just get through my deck with a, like a couple of really powerful actions it's, rather than it's got some it's got some very nice mechanics I'd say if you're a player who just loves like exploiting the mechanics of the game to its maximal possible potential yeah. you'd probably you'd probably like the like like it um that wasn't very well constructed <laughs> no but um, but, no, but no for example with the research cards like the research cards you can play essentially their action which is usually a, a fairly decent thing but they also can be used as one of either two cards yeah. So what I've been using recently with the research, because I'm sp spamming research, and when I'm following research, which usually means you're going to get three rather than the five or whatever, I'm I'm picking not them for their action. I'm picking them, for example, so I can follow survey if I get them in my hand, or follow research or yeah, something like that. Yeah, we should uh, yeah clear up that on your turn you play an action from your hand, which is a, a special power of a card, and then you play a role, which is the one that comes from the middle, and you can add like even. Even all the research cards with their special action have uh, two roles, at least, that they can add to as well. Uh, so, you know, they're never completely uh, impotent. Mm -hmm. And it's actually, it's basically like having two cards in your hand. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. uh, and then that, that also means that if you're the only person doing one particular style of play, like if you are the only one trading, then you can just always pick the trade role no one's going to jump on your back and keep doing mm -hmm. it as well. And yeah, I mean, I'm interested to play it a few more times because I'd like to try and build an effective warfare deck because it's kind of something we've steered clear of. Yeah, I, I always just discard my warfare card immediately. Cause... Whereas I think, mm. you know, th th there's certain combinations that clearly, you know, make for a good... I mean, you, you know, you're going research-wise, so it's probably, you know, lots of colonise and lots of research. Yeah, lots just of try and get as many planets and then fill your hand with cards that are also getting you points. But I think, a, you know, there's... It's plenty to be said for like a survey and warfare deck or a uh, colonize and trade deck, or yep. you know, like, which are all things we haven't really tried out. But because because the theme's so lacking, really, I I don't know. I just e e even if it turns out to be you know this amazingly intricate, you know, perfectly balanced game, it's just. Having the will to play it that <laughs> much. Having the will to play it. Oh, come on, guys. I suppose we have to. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, you know... Yeah, it does end up feeling like that. I mean, but we, we get through a lot of games and there's not really any reason to, you know, after a few sessions, there's not really any reason to play the ones that haven't grabbed you and nor, mm. nor is there the time. Like, And then... I've got the time. Really... I don't have a job. Well, you know, so you don't the... have a job either. I've got, I've got half a job. He won't play Memoir 44 with me. It's because I like World War I'll II. Play, uh, we'll play Memoir 44 uh, this evening. Yay! Yeah, I just I really, I just five, really wasn't feeling it the other week. I'll get a bus. I've got to change. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, I can't, I can't run you into town yeah, today no, anyway. No. Because I have no petrol and, no. and I don't like the rush hour. Do you live here now then? Petrol. Mm. Uh, also, yeah. what makes it for me a game that I just don't want to play again is <laughs> yeah, like that uh, makes it sound so drastic. Like, yeah. I just, I, if anyone uh, even suggests like, it, I, I know. I like it enough that if, if there was consensus, playing. then I would play it. Mm -hmm. But it's, I found as a beginner, as my first game, it was terrible. Uh, the dryness counted for that. The complexity of the rules. I mean, it's it's a really nice system if you take a step back and you understand it all. Like it's it it but does it's seem quite nice, but when you're when you're thrown right in. You have no idea what to do first. There's no, there's no, as Chris says, intuitive first thing to do. You, 
And so, like, yeah, going back and playing it a second time, I am going to be a little bit better. But there's some games that really sort of help you out. Like, that's obviously the best thing to do. Yeah, I was saying, like, it hasn't clicked and for me in that way. And there are some games which help you out. Like, that's obviously the best thing to do. And then you do the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the first time you play a game, I, I kind of want it to have clicked during the first time I play a game. Like, sort of how it works. Mm-hmm. And the best sort of thing to do like there's there'll be intricacies that you know obviously you you work out with more play but the second time i play a game i do want to be able to i do want to feel like i'm playing the game right now i mean it's, it's okay yeah. to make a few like you make some stupid errors the first time mm-hmm. you play a game that's just the, the way it works but if i get to the end i mean i've we played it, what three or four times three times three i think times. and i just I still, I still just can't decide what I think is the best having, way to, having, having, way to having play ta- having, Weirdly, having talked about it and discussed it a bit, I'm feeling more inclined, to, inclined play to play it again. Because Which, yeah. there, there is really actually a lot of depth to the mechanic. I think... Yeah, oh. I mean, I, 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 I can hardly really fault it as a game mechanically. It's, it's, it is a, a Euro game. It's right, a, a Euro game, right. I, not a NATO game. <laughs> it's not a NATO game, no. Um, NATO game, but it does it massively well, depends. Okay. What else is another yeah. transatlantic sort of thing we can call it? I was going to say, who's, who's that woman that 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 um that tried to fly across the Atlantic in the nineteen twenties and no one really knew what happened to her? Although she, I, obviously, know, I can't remember her name. She obviously, she obviously died. Well, this is really weird, actually. I know we're sort of segueing from board games. <laughs> it's like this big, there's this sort of big mystery, like. Oh, what happened to this female flyer who she tried to kill in the she city and die. It's really obvious. <laughs> is it Amelia Reinhardt? Oh, Amelia, Amelia Earnhardt. I think. Earnhardt. Yeah. yeah. It's Amelia an, an, an Amelia game. An Earnhardt game. Yeah, it's a, yeah let's go Amelia. And it's an Amelia. It's okay. an Amelia. And now we'll have to explain that reference each time. <laughs> with the yeah, with the massive... Co- <laughs> yeah, but NATO spiel. wasn't much better. At least NATO is clearly obviously transatlantic. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, yes, that's what I was transatlantic. Say. A transatlantic. Oh, that's a bit dry, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit dry. It's going a bit Euro. Probably the only nautical term, transatlantic, that can be too dry. Maybe. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think it is a good game, but in the same way as we still haven't played Castles of Burgundy again because it was a good game, but it's. I don't give a fuck. Like, castles in France. It's just, I just can't care about it. <laughs> I, I think I've worked out why it was so unwelcoming to beginners. It is a Euro game in that there's no conflict between players. Yeah. Like, like The players have absolutely no control about what the other players do. But it is key that you pay attention to what they are doing because yes. hijacking roles and l- stopping them hijack you, that is so vital. And that I think that's what, to me, makes it unwelcoming to beginners because you have to pay attention. You have to know what they're doing. And in order to understand what they're doing, you have to understand the game. And, and I, I mean, I, you end. played it, we played it before and you hadn't played it before. Yeah. So it's, like, it's not like everyone's learning that. It was not like everyone was learning. I, I, at the same I think. Time. I think again. I think. Again, but then again, that was the same with Libertalia, and like you know, apart from a few mistakes, like you don't, you don't hate that. No. So it's like so it's it's not it's not just down to that. Like it it is a fault. But I I think maybe we're being a bit harsh to it as well in that um, I definitely think it's a game which is going to take five or six playthroughs to really not only understand the mechanics but understand the tactics of yeah, it really thoroughly. Exactly. Like I played six of these once now and I really enjoyed it. But I don't think after playing it ten times, my understanding of the core mechanics will will really yeah. have evolved. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's, a, it's a, like something like Cyclades. I feel that it's very situational in that it's what's happening now you mm-hmm. worry about. It's very much right. So yeah. this is my situation on this turn specifically. Yeah, but, the, but like this, this I imagine it's just you do pick a tactic at the start and roll with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. with. Very you know, minor action. variations to compensate for what other players. But like the last, the last two games we played, when I just went colonize research, colonize research, and just became a superpower. Both times, I think there were. Yeah, it's like, worth I, noting I, that I, I, these I, weren't slight, uh, slight victories. They, they were completely trounced us. Yeah. yeah, but I think both times, as soon as you realised I was doing that, which is what I'm always going to do until I lose, yeah. is just gone straight out to take all the influence points before like, my, yeah. like I became an absolute behemoth. Yeah, there are ways around certain things yeah. and it's only knowing the game that you're going to be able yeah. to like the, um, activate that. What's the um, the 
the the five star research card. I think it's for fertile planets where you get an influence point for each type of resource you produce. Yeah. Because then you can just produce five different types of resources for a five influence, sell them the next turn five influence, and within four turns you could have just got rid of all the, influence the whole points. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm I'm tentative to pass an actual verdict on it at all because I just, as I say, I don't think it it hasn't clicked for me in terms of. I don't really think I'm playing the game yet, and yeah. so it's not really. I I don't I, I don't think it's fair of me to pass a verdict because like mm-hmm. from what I can see, I I really I really like the mechanics. I I think it's a smart system. I like the, especially like the passive, the passive deck building aspect. It's sort of like a yeah, sort of like a leveling system in. in an RP, RPG. It's like the more you research, the better you are going to get at research, and the mm-hmm. more you do this, the better you are going to get at this. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just directly picking and choosing I, I, it's more like skyrim leveling up than fallout leveling up <laughs> right I also like uh, that more i think maybe um like it's, it's a game type that doesn't really click with it aside from the dryness because what was that game played the other day which was deck building as well dominion. dominion dominion like i didn't particularly like that just because having a massive deck just annoys me like i don't like having a ridiculously flabby deck yeah we play like we'll get onto dominion in a in a, in a bit but like the thing with the time you played Dominion, I think we didn't have a... The setup didn't really allow you to trash a lot of cards yeah. uh, from your own deck. It was all geared towards just ruining other people's... Like, it, it really does change around a lot because you've got so many different options in Dominion that you only have 10 at any one time. I think also, is is it is it the research card special where you trash two cards? Yes, which I yeah, don't which do which, which, yeah, I, I think if you play that in the mid-game and sort of literally trash everything apart from your warfare and your surveys yeah. and then literally only play warfare and surveys and you could probably you could probably just get about maybe six surveys and then mm. just only follow on surveys and then everything else is just warfare that's the thing this this game does have a lot of potential to be very good at like you that's a weird way of very saying good it. at it yes the, uh, there is the potential to become very very good at this game and mm. knowing exactly at what point you need to do what but there's no way that a beginner is ever going to get that intuitively. Yeah, no way. Yeah, it, it seems that experience is very much the key in that you're probably not going to get someone who's played it like significantly fewer times than you just come in and just go yeah. and just trounce you. Okay, so for me, it gets five shrugs out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's probably very good but i'm not very good at it but it does depend. give us a number chris i'm never giving you a number i would say if you've got a group of friends and you can only afford to buy one game that you're going to play again and again and again this one might be your fifth choice <laughs> <laughs> we're not You've been listening to the Gentleman's Four podcast with me, Chris McLennan, Richard Sims and Mike Wood. Uh, Mike and I are going to be on tour for the next couple of weeks, so the site's going to be pretty quiet, but we're still going to try and do a podcast for you. Uh, We're going to be playing Descent, Journeys in the Dark, second edition, and doing a special on that. So uh, tune in and we'll try and get the site back up and running as soon as we get back. Thank you for listening.